Greetings, greetings, brothers and sisters out there. This is Truth Cry Out Radio. And we want to let you know right now that this is going to be a podcast, hopefully to bring you informative information and information that helps us to um, get the truth out wherever it may lie on information that has been concealed or kept from us. So when we get it started right now, we're going to deal with, you know, the politics itself, dealing with our constitution and, and things, how it relates to our body and things like that. So in a society of major functions of the right wing business concerns, it is to control the left wing worker. And this analogy and this analogy makes it easy to see why the right wing business concerns would support an educational system that would teach left brain dominance. This would ensure a split brain person motivated through control instruction stimulated by the mathematics of money, obedient and of a worker, which is mentally uh, mentally mentality generally. Under the circumstances, one can conclude that an educational political system that perpetuates left brain dominance would retard right brain expression. The lack of right brain expressions would lessen creativity, increase emotional imbalances, and produce a negative emotional outlook. That is the reflection of the masses of society. Conversely, business minds are sustained by creative imaginations, emotional emotional stability, healthy attitudes, and an an optimistic outlook. Therefore, we can again see how the business mind of the masses of society has been destroyed by the conservative use of the right brain. Our concern is that through our political parties, we have produced this split condition in our bodily functions. So in order to reconnect our minds, we must first obey the politics of self through the balanced use of our whole brain. Now, the right wing Republican Party is symbolized by the elephant, and we will show further evidence through this part. Y symbol or party symbol how we are being divided and psychologically conditioned. Now, if you're familiar with the term, uh, not the term, but the uh, symbol of the elephant in um, uh, in the political world today between Republicans and Democrats. Now we'll go and deal with this word, the elephant, which contains two words, elef and ant. Elif is a Hebrew word which means union, power, strength, instruction, strength, instruction, and learning, a very great number. An ox, which uh, one can be broken and trained. Ant has an old English origin in the word, which means maitan, uh, which means to cut, literally the cutter off. Ant also means any of the black, brown, or red insects, generally wingless, that lives in colonies, which a complex division of labor by groups. Hence, elephant can mean, in the true sense of the word, the cutting off of the black, brown, and red labor groups from union power, strength, instruction, and learning. That is, in recent years, the Republican Party or Party of the Elephant has been noted for breaking the power and strength of labor union groups. Systematically, we know that the elephant, uh, one of the largest mammals, can can be broken and trained through psychological conditioning. The same conditioning exists among the masses of the people. The masses of the people, like the elephant, have the strength and the power through unity to pull away from this small uh, percentage of business controllers, but they usually, uh, but they, I mean, but they can remove themselves from the percentage of business controllers, but they or the masses do not because psychologically they not know their strength nor the power of their unity. So their condition keeps the masses from freedom and civil rights because they have been divided in the perception of themselves. This condition makes it very easy for them to be cut off from the union or the power of strength or the self-instruction and learning in this state of uh, mental division, freedom and psychologically taken and civil rights be destroyed. So that's why I say seek freedom in yourself and know that your thinking is the law which produced it. Now we're dealing with the left brain part and the active or the functions of the brain, uh, which is the um, which is actually the functions of a left of the left brain uh, functions. <clears throat> uh, the left brain. We're dealing with the left brain now, and the Democratic Party, the left wing, or the liberal, or the donkey. When we look at the function of the left brain, we gain insight into our political system and its effect on our physical body. 
The masses of society have been conditioned to liberally use the left brain, which produces dominant right-sided action. Similarly, the masses of society are members of the left-wing Democratic Party. Historically, they, the left-brain persons, have supported the Democratic Party because this party represents the poor, minority, and working-class concerns. These concerns directly correlate to the left-brain functions because they do not include those concerns of the creative realm of society, which is business. In looking at the function of the left brain, we find an inability in it to actualize one's true freedom and independence. For it is the creative process of the right brain that produces the independence through ideals, through creative forces and uh, ideals, business has expanded, production and manufacturing, as well as an initiated industrial growth. However, the workers' mentality of... Um, of the left-wing masses have confined them to concentrate on working conditions, pensions, wages, taxes, and civil rights. They are in fact subservient to the ideology of the business, the right-wing sector. For example, the freedom of the right-brain function is that the right-brain can conceive new ideas to exchange its destiny, but the left-brain has not that luxury. Because the left-brain lacking creativity and the power of ideal is in need of instruction. Similarly, the left-wing masses or the workers are constantly under instructions when performing their jobs. Also, the right brain is responsible for self-identity. Therefore, a left-brain person who dominantly uses the right side of his or her body and conservatively uses left side would deactivate the right brain. Thus, a left-brain person does not visualize himself or herself as an independent business owner. The vision is limited to that of being a manager or of someone else's business or an administrator of another person's program. The fact that the left brain person lacks self-identity and creativity can correlate to the symbol relative to the left wing politics, the donkey. As with the elephant, the donkey tells the story. Now, the word donkey consists of the words don, D-O-N, and then the word key or key, key uh, K-E or K-E-Y. The origin of the word Don is Latin word, which dominant, which uh, Latin word dominus, which means master. Now, dominus is also the root of two other words, dominate and dominion. Dominate means to rule or control by a superior power. Dominion is defined as rule or power to rule and sovereign uh, and sovereign authority. And in law, dominion denotes ownership. So therefore, the origin of the word key is the old Frisian, Frisian word, F-R-I-S-I-A-N, for those that can understand my pronunciation. Kia, K-E-I-A, which means to secure or guard. The biological application of the word key is used for taxonomic classification. Thus, its biological meaning is defined as follows. A logical device, usually ordered con uh, contract contrastive listening, listing of significant characters of a group of organisms used to identify unknown individuals. So therefore, the use of, the, of key in taxonomic classification is very important. The root of the word taxonomic is the word taxonomy. Taxonomy is rooted in the Greek words taxis and nomos. Taxis means arrangements, division, and nomos means law. Thus, taxonomy is defined as the science of classification, laws and principles covering the classifying of objects. So biologically, it is defined as a system of arranging animals and plants into natural related groups based on some factor common to each. Therefore, donkey symbolizes the securing and guiding or guarding of the master, giving the master dominion over the physical body. This is very evident in our daily lives. Because the workers' one-sided focus of being a servant of business helps the business corporation to have rule. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, power and sovereign authority. This means that for the time the worker is on the job, he or she becomes the property of the business owner. In other words, there is an unwritten law of ownership. For example, this unwritten law of ownership is the, is even incorporated into the language of the worker. You know, they describe the business owner as my boss and their daily task as my job. The word my, you know, is a possessive pronominal adjective that denotes belonging to or ownership. So in looking at the body, this law of dominance is relative 
is relative because in the left brain dominance, the dominance of the right side action is apparent. Also, the left brain workers consistently under instructions, rules and policies and creative ideals of another person. Right brain business person in this realm of consciousness, creative creativity is debilitated and self-awareness is lost. So the worker does not realize that he or she has the capability to be their own boss or the creator of their own jobs. Furthermore, most of their lives, workers plan their future and the conditions of life around the economic advances of their jobs. In this condition, the worker's mental expansion is in the control of his or her boss. Oftentimes, they do not even receive enough currency money to stimulate both right brain and left brain, you know, um, responses. And note, or side note so that you know where we're going. Currency is actually the exchange of money from hand to hand, which is brain to brain. Uh, and to get into that, you know, you get stimulated. When you have money, you stimulate with all types of ideas. You know, when you don't have money or the funds, you you know, you can have a lot of things running through your brains, but you know, it, it it'll limit its thinking to the to where, you know, I don't have the finances or the resources to do that. But if you got the finances and the resources, you know, your creativity is limitless, so to speak. You know, so for years, the worker has been a consumer of products, but not a producer of them. You know, consume goods, accumulate bills, and pay debts through a credit system. So the paying of bills and debts become the primary function of the work of working for someone else. It's a primary function for you. You know, you most of us have to go to work so that we can keep our bills paid, a roof over our head. We know this be the primary function. <clears throat> so consequently, the credit system secures and guides the master's rule, but it which is the credit system, lacks the basis of self-rule and self-ownership. Actually, the goods may be in the possession of the worker, but generally are not owned by the worker. So in reality, most of what the worker uses or possesses is the property of another. Now, we know why most workers do not qualify for loans in the credit system. For in many instances, the worker is refused a loan when his or her application does not demonstrate job security or if their only source of income is social security. In reality, the worker has no security in the so-called credit system or in the credit system. I won't say so-called because that's exactly what it is, you know. <clears throat> well, as to conject this because the worker's reality is given to them by another human being. If that human being who is in control changes their thinking in regard to the worker, then the life or the existence of the worker will be altered. Um, let's let's understand that, you know, as again, when the conject of this worker's reality is given to them by another human being, and if that human being who is in control, changes their thinking in regard to the worker, then the life or the existence of the worker will be altered. Meaning that if, you know, they say hours are cut, if, the, if his thinking changes that he has to cut hours, then your reality or your existence has to go to that because you no longer have the the, the, the hours that you need that you need to pay bills. You know, if your hours get cut, you got to start worrying about, okay, man, you know, now that I don't, my hours are cut, that means my money or my currency is going to be shorter and um, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills as, as needed, you know. So it becomes altered to, 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 the, to, the, um, to, the, to the person you're working for. To give one person mind the power through business to alter another person's reality is very, you know, it's, it's scary to, to it's scary. However, the worker has never thought of how valuable they are to the business sector. Without the energy of the worker, businesses, businesses would fall and fail. So in the politics of self, we find that our own active creative power secures our reality. This quality of idea, idea potential is given to us by the creator. Each of us has an innate talent that we can perform perfectly, but after being conditioned to be dominantly left-brained or right-handed, the creative power is lost. So those who superimpose their creative power over another reap the benefits. And this has to deal with, you know, such as artists, uh, actors, actresses, whatever, you know. 
you know, they use your creative ability to make money off of your creativity. You see what I'm saying? So without your creativity, they couldn't make any, any, they couldn't make any wealth. And you have to know this to be truth by, you know, the way we see things happening with so many, um, so-called icons, as they like to call themselves, go from the top back to the bottom. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so our true security is our, is our creative thinking and our true politics itself is the same. So we're going to investigate taxonomy and its relationship to donkey and the politics itself. So the meaning of the word donkey and the word taxonomy is intricately connected. The key part in the word donkey leads to its biological application, which is in, which is encompassed in the word taxonomy. Taxonomy is composed of the words tax and anomy. We know the latter part of the word anomy is rooted in the word nomos, which again means law. At a second glance, taxonomy becomes tax law. The left-wing political party or party of the donkey has traditionally instituted tax laws that levied higher taxes on big businesses. However, the awareness of the right-wing businesses, uh, the right-wing business minds, gives many businesses a vehicle to utilize the tax laws by the power of a creative financing. With the mental flexibility of the right brain, <clears throat> the business community has very little fear when there are restrictions, uh, when there are restrictions, policies, and rules that hinder movement. The right brain business owner adapts to the changes and keeps his freedoms. Conversely, the, uh, the poor minority basically left brain, which is the left wing or group of society that are conditioned to only obey rules, policies, and restrictions. Therefore, they function at a disadvantage when the laws are instituted because they have a limited ca uh, capacity to assess and, creative, and creatively use the law. In other words, working class citizens generally do not recognize how the system could aid them in gaining economic independence, freedom. Therefore, a considerable portion of the taxes collected from big businesses gets absorbed by big businesses because they have knowledge and are aware of how to use the laws of the system to their advantage. Um, that is government contracts granted to big businesses and it is paid for by tax dollars. Even programs designed to aid the masses of society are ineffective because of expensive administrative costs and bureaucratic red tape. You know, note such as, you know, red. A side note is, I mean, red is like, it is the color of indebtedness. That is, you know, my books are in the red. That's an example of, you know, when you see such things like red tape or you get a loan or whatever have you, and it has the word denied in red. Usually if it's approved, it's in green, I meaning it's a goal. You, so you have to understand symbolically. That's why, you know, I was always taught, uh, you know, when we sign our signatures, we should always sign it in ink when it's dealing with someone who is trying to collect a debt from us because it lets us let them know that you are an in debt. You are an in debt. You are, uh, so to see, like a part of your straw, man, which is something that can go in later on. Um, once these podcasts, once I start getting more my, 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 uh, research ready into these, uh, podcasts that I'll be, you know, putting out. Realistically, bureaucracy, you know, of the left-wing party has perpetuated the formulation of rules and rules and more rules, which is a left-brain function. This has resulted in an overuse of the tax system and an increased governmental red tape. You know, workers in government departments are identified and classified into groups by the use of a by the by the use of the GS, uh, which I would think would be degrading the grade system. You know, so grades such as one. One, you know, grade one, grade two, grade three. These are sort of like your, I guess, would be your, um, your clearances. So in this realm of classification taxonomy, we find a factor that is common to each, but this rating is unnatural to human life. So in the politics of self, the quality of an individual is relative to self-worth, self-awareness, and self-evaluation. We are freed by natural factors and our system should classify us according to the God-given laws of our body. At the inception of the Constitution, a group of persons was classified as other persons. 
These other persons were enslaved because they were classified according to unnatural factors and conceptual desires based on taxation and representation, which, you know, you have to see the three-fifth compromise to hopefully for those who know are awake to clearly understand that and those who are not awake to go start doing the research and get a better grip and understanding. Because I say this, uh, you know, slaves and then slavery was a very, very... Uh, intricate system and I say that because what has what was done to what was done to the so-called black in America or all over was now easy to enslave all people under the same uh, prudence that slaves were put under you know in this country even today Tax is a key to the function of the political system. We all know that because that's one of the greatest ways they get their votes in. Uh, these politicians is when they start talking about taxes, cutting in taxes, raising taxes for certain and lower taxes for others. And, you know, a lot of people say, man, I can't live because taxes are killing me. If anybody who's from New York State know how high taxes are there and the best way they want to get away from it, you know, is to get the, that's the best thing they be trying to get away from is their taxes. Is taxes or looking for some type of tax break, which is something else. Again, a lot of you will hear me say, and we'll get in, get into these type of things early, uh, later on. You know, it's because to the point you have, um, you got people in a sense really pimping out their children to the taxes, uh, for this tax credit. You know what I mean? To the point, hey, you know, I'm gonna use somebody else's children, or hey, can I use your child? You know, for my taxes this year, and I'll get so much money, and I'll give you this much. You know, I'll give you out of such and such or whatever. But again, there's something deeper that we'll get into later on. <clears throat> the tax burden is dominantly laid upon the working left-wing masses. In the right wing, the Republican administrations, these tax burdens are removed or lessened for the right-wing businesses' creative realm of society. Once again, this shows us that, you know, the left brain is overtaxed and overworked by dominant right-sided action. Similarly, the left-wing dances masses are overtaxed and overworked, giving dominance to such to such things, you know, to the right-wing, right-sided business concerns. In essence, the overspending of currency, which is your energy, from only one side of the system, which is your body, serves not the whole of society, but separates the creative potential of society. Therefore, in politics itself, we must grow to balance the expending of energy in the brain and then our external political system, which is the body, will reflect the same. For the greatest death is to walk this earth and be, and be deprived of my own thoughts. Do y'all hear that? The greatest death is to walk this earth and be deprived of my own thoughts. Now, we go into how we'll move on to, uh, you know, like I said, all of this stuff are going to be going through certain things. So I'll be using and illustrating the parts of the body. When I say politics of self, we're talking about how the body governs certain things, uh, governs our, our body, our bodily functions, our, our everyday way of life or everyday, of, you know, thinking or life or however you want to put it. But we want to go into control, which is media. The media control. The definition of the word media is a very is very important because it relates to the politics of self again. Media is derived from the Latin word medius, which means mid or middle. Control is defined as the condition of being directed or restrained. Restraint. The meaning of these words help us understand how the media can control the direction of our mental perception. Television, a major tool of the media, has been used in our political system to influence our mental perception. If one were to look at the positioning of the political candidates on TV in a debate forum, one can see that the party representatives are literally set up left-winged, left-winged, right-wing. An example in the presidential election, and we're going back, this is before you, you know, you new baby boom, or you this new generation right now. So we're going back to who, who knows. For example, in the presidential election of 1988, the Democratic candidate was positioned to the left side of the Republican candidate. 
Likewise, the Republican candidate was positioned to the right side of the Democratic candidate. However, their appearance to the TV viewer was reversed. The Democratic candidate was on the right side of the TV screen and the Republican candidate was on the left side of the TV screen. The interesting factor is that the TV viewer's mental grasp was from left brain, right brain, and not from left side to right side. This means that the Republican candidate would be seen by the right brain of the viewer because that candidate was on the left side of the screen. The Democratic candidate would be seen by the left brain of the viewer because he was on the right side of the screen. In this example, we understand the function of the brain. We can see how the media can affect and control our perception. The left brain person, although two persons are on the screen, would respond more to the left wing Democratic candidate on the right viewing side of the screen. This party addresses the issues of worker problems, minority rights, job concerns and freedom of speech, all of which are left brain responses. In comparison, the right brain person would respond more to the right wing Republican candidate on the left viewing side of the screen. Their concerns would be in support of low or no government control, low taxes, and economic growth of business concerns, which are right-brain responses. Now, we should all know this because this is what these politicians do each year. You know, this is how they appeal to to our, to 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 the majority of the thinking process of for the votes for you for them to get your vote. They have to do something that appeals to your side or your way of thinking. And I would say that one-sided way of thinking. You know, so so the media can keep us from crossing our middle middle point of understanding. And that's by controlling how we hear and see the issues of each party. This process is called visual manipulation. Also, the media can keep an individual from hearing and understanding either party properly, especially when that individual is split brain and predominantly using only one side of the brain. Now, when I get to that one side of the brain, you know, if you're right-handed, you're right-handed. If you're left-handed, you're left-handed. That means you're only using or operating one part of function of the brain. So I had to train myself to be uh, ambidextrous, you know, be able to use my left and right hand. Like I can, you know, and also, you know, me, I will tell you all this. Uh, I have 40 plus years under my belt in martial arts. In learning martial arts, you have to be able to use both hands. You just can't use predominantly with your right hand. You have to be able to be able to function with both hands because movements allows you. This is Kung Fu. May as well in karate. But I know in Kung Fu, you have to be able to... What you do on the left side, you must be able to do on the right side. And what you do with the right side, you must be able to do with the left side. <clears throat> and one of the tools, um, real quick, without getting off, for learning how to do that is using the nunchucks. You can't just wield nunchucks with just one hand. You have to be able to use them both hands. So to do that, you have to train that left hand. If you're predominantly right hand, you're going to have to train that left hand to be up to par with the right hand. And if you're left hand, you're going to have to do the same thing with the right hand to operate the nunchucks. <clears throat> Many experiences have shown that the split brain persons only respond to the part of the brain that is activated. They do not have an interdependency of right and left brain but a separation of the right um, brain and left brain. A split brain person could be looking at two objects in a picture frame but only see or respond to one. He or she does this because one side of the brain is activated while the other side is deactivated. Um, you know, so that right there, you know, again, that's we're dealing with how so the manip uh, that the media media can the media can do what it do by is again visual manipulation because it's only responding or activating one part of the brain. Again, this is why they are dumbing down the masses of society because they know that we don't function on the whole capacity of our brain. We don't sit back to stop and think and you know try to use common sense. We just take whatever they put out there or whatever the news report and we run with it because only one side of again our brain is responding to it as a whole, then we'll start, when we use our brain as a whole, we start to look at the overall and the whole picture of something instead of just a one-sided view. 
Now, this is the throat. And the throat, the throat, we're talking about and dealing with the freedom of speech. And um, the First Amendment. So the freedom of speech is one of the so-called five basic civil rights given to us in the First Amendment, being one of the most talked about rights that we seek to exercise. It is interesting, you know, to note that speech is a left brain function. Yes, I'm saying by making the masses of society concentrate on their so-called freedom of speech, the masses of society are being conditioned to become dominantly left brain persons. This, this psychological ploy can be viewed as a method which is used to confuse us into believing that someone can give us the right to speak. That's crazy. We as an individual, or as individuals, without being told, have the God-given right to speak from birth. When we're realizing uh, the power of speech, we should become more conservative in our use of it. Because the more we speak, the more we reveal our thoughts to others and liable ourselves. You know, have you noticed that interests of rich business creative persons are mainly focused on the freedom of expression and not the freedom of speech? Why? Business persons are cautious in revealing their ideas because they realize that the value of an idea, you know, they realize the value of an, of an idea. They know that the ideas put into motion yield power, which is currency. Therefore, they do not voice their ideas in public forums, but discuss them in private. Conversely, the poor minority working class persons are often in the public exposing their ideas, asking for society's approval and relying on others to implement their ideas and solve their problems. Undisciplined and reckless speech soon becomes an enslaving uh, left brain function. Therefore, we recommend to the masses of society to remain silent and express thoughts through actions because action speaks louder than words. In support of this statement, I want um, you to consider the following. Because when one is arrested by officers, they must inform us of what? Our right to remain silent or no charges can be held against us. You know, and clearly that, that, that has to say something. You know, this is why, you know, you have to be careful because they'll use some sick things. They'll read you your rights. You know, until you have the right to remain silent, anything you say can and will be used against the court of law. If you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed to you. You know, go on and so on. So after they read you them rights, then the officer tries to get you to relax by he, by you thinking he'll be your friend because he'll say, hey, look, you know. And they'll even say, you don't have to answer this, but I just, you know, look, just so we can clarify such and so on. You know, we want to know what, 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 what really happened. You get relaxed and you want to say, man, okay, look, this is what happened. I was having a bad day, you know, uh, argument, man, you know, so you don't realize whatever, everything you're about to say to them because you think they're on your side and as a friend, they're going to put that in their uh, report and then they're going to use that against you to say, hey, well, this is actually what caused this or this is what did that and this is what led to that. And by his own statement, you know, we have him. And admittance on certain things. So again, that's why you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to answer any more questions after that. You know, use the time. That's why you can tell him, hey, I don't have to say nothing until you speak to my lawyer or, you know, get me a lawyer. But in support of this statement, you know, as I was saying, we have been taught through conditioning to over-exercise freedom of speech, you know, which is a left-brain response. We have to be reminded to shut our mouths so we will not incriminate ourselves, as I was stating earlier. Remember the words we speak should affect all aspects of our existence, not just the realm of communication, but also the realm of manifestation, which is the material part. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so it is. That's chapter, uh, John chapter one, verse one. You understand? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. We have to really know how powerful that uh, statement or that, that is. The thought is beyond definition, for it is the ultimate energy. Thoughts are concentrated forms of my energy. To decrease my thinking power is to decrease my energy. Now, these are quotes. Uh, that part, when you hear me speaking in that form, I'm speaking that in, into a quote that has been said. So if you want to hear that again or you haven't got a full understanding of it, it goes as this. Thought is beyond definition, for it is... The ultimate energy. 
thoughts are concentrated forms of my energy. To decrease my thinking power is to decrease my energy. That's powerful right there. Now, as I stated, we talked about that little part covered the throat. And we're going to go into the hand. The hand. The hand is the making of something. So we're going to go with that. And uh, by hand, the Emancipation Proclamation. The Emancipation Proclamation is a document that relates to the hand, as I stated. Realizing that the hands have to do with the activity of the mind. Let us explore the true meaning of the word emancipation. Which is rooted in the Latin word emancipare. Emancipare consists of the word of the letter E in parentheses plus the word emancipare in parentheses. E in parentheses means out and emancipare means to deliver up or make over as property. This first part of the word emancipatory is rooted in the word manus. Manus, M-A-N-U-S, for those who, again, can understand my pronunciation, which means the hand. Therefore, the root of the word emancipation can be translated to mean to make over as property. Remember, we stated earlier that the, that, uh, that the hands have to do with the activity of the mind. Upon closer inspection, the true meaning of emancipation is revealed as the following, to make over as property, you know, the mind. Now, the word frame, uh, wait a minute, excuse me, one second. Okay. Now, as we go in. We're going to deal with the framing. Uh, now, I want to say how, like how the hand, and then we're going to go to something that just, just jumps right into the frame uh, or, or the, the frame. The word frame has many meanings. Some are listed as to shape, fashion, or form, usually according to a pattern or design. Put together the parts or construct the basic of our skeletal structure around which a thing is built to falsify evidence, testimony there uh, beforehand. In order, in order uh, to make an innocent person appear guilty, you know, when you hear people say, "Hey, I've been framed," or you know, um, they're trying to frame me. When we look at the minds of the framers of the Constitution, we find falsified evidence where a part of the human being was fashioned into shape, and according to the uh, desired design. The design was directly related to the question of taxation and representation. You know, the framers of the Constitution from the North and the South disputed over the issues of taxation and representation and how they related to the slave population. In a compromise agreement, the framers decided to classify the slaves as part human. You know, um, to understand that, you would have to uh, check out the three-fifth compromise. So this three-fifths part human classification agreed upon for the desired purpose of settling their differences clearly shows that the framers falsified the true, uh, true evidence of the human body. Uh, so, you know, again, you know, quickly that was stated. That's why, you know, once the Constitution, when it was written, it stated that all men were born equal. But they had to change that because if all men were born equal, then how did that parallel with the slaves? You know what I mean? Because remember, the slaves are, are so-called blacks or African-Americans or African-American slaves were considered, you know, three-fifths of a human being. So, therefore, to say that, you know, in the Constitution, that to say that they, they were all, that all men were born equal, it, it would not, it would not, it wouldn't have fit well. So they changed that because that, you know, they knew, you know, this, we have to understand power of words and things like that, but I'm giving you an overview of what I'm reading about, you know, our bodies, our, our politics of self and how it relates to to um, in a sense of government structure, which I'll get into um, later on. Dealing with that, uh, the, the, the wording in the in the uh, Constitution. So. The three. Fifth part human classification agreed upon for the desired purpose of settling the, dis the differences. Clearly, it shows that the framers falsified the true evidence of the human body because for their purpose, they designed a false image of a man in their likeness. 
By this act, the framers assume the position only held by God. So now the now the us in Genesis. Remember, because in Genesis it says, let us make man in our image. Now, the us in Genesis chapter one, verse 26 is revealed as the U.S., the United States. And particularly the framers of the U.S. Constitution decided to make up a man, not for dominion rule, but for servitude and slavery. When looking at the human body and its framework, skeletal structure, we come to understand that the politics itself under God's law. In the vertebrate column of an adult, there are 26 bones which correspond to the 26 amendments and the present framework of the Constitution. In order for the body to be structured in its proper design, the bones must be assembled in their proper position. Whenever a bone in the vertebrate column becomes disjointed, it produces pressure on the spinal cord, which is your life cord. This area affected by increased pressure directly affects the function of the vital organs connected to the pressurized area of the spinal cord. So just imagine the pressure or the dis-ease, the dis-ease, and if y'all put that word together, I'm quite sure, you know, y'all already know what it means. Disease, if for those who can't follow it, I'll just give it to you anyway. That, you know, that was set up in our political system. When the framers of the Constitution laid a structure and designed a man with two-fifths of his body, not equated nor recognized, and further imagine the effect on those so-called three-fifths of a human being who have a false image perception of themselves as less than human. So in analyzing this evidence, we can see that the correlation between the politics of self and the living Constitution, the human body, it is interesting to note that the vertebrate columnists part of the actual skeleton, which is comprised of 74 bones. This number 74 is very important in the making of a man in the Constitution. I'm paying close attention because later on again in these podcasts, I'm going to get into certain things that has, has it been taught to us, has it, as it has been taught to us in public schools and so, uh, so on and things like that. So we're going to deal with it in 1863, 74 years after the adoption of the Constitution, in, uh, after the adoption of the Constitution in 1789, this so-called three-fifths man was emancipated or made over as property. We'll inspect these numbers, 74, and gain a deeper, uh, deeper understanding or deeper wisdom relative to the beginning, to Genesis of the United States, or the U.S., or the us. As you stated in there, it was seven four seventeen seventy six that marked the beginning, Genesis, or birth of, or birth of the United States. It took thirteen years from its inception to the adoption of its framework. And as stated earlier, if the vertebrae column, the body's framework, is not laid properly, then the bones will press on the spinal cord at various points and debilitate the body system. So this points to the framework of the rec uh, of the record constitution, which we believe, which to believe have been laid in balance, pressing upon the core of life itself and debilitating various persons in the governing system. This was quite evident in the frameworkers image of the slaves. Even 74 years after the adoption of the constitution, the emancipated slaves were not only debilitated physically, but they were also debilitated mentally which is further evidence that the framework was laid improperly. And this is a side note for you to check now. The 74 bones in the axial skeleton are exclusive of what is called the appendicular skeleton. The axial skeleton includes the skull, the vertebrae column, and the sternum and the ribs. A human being with only an axial skeleton of 74 bones would be unable to walk because his or her body would not have legs or feet. Also, they would be unable to write because their bodies would not have arms and hands. During the 74-year period between the Constitution and the Emancipation Proclamation, the hands and the feet of the slaves were physically shackled. A slave who could read or write was severely punished or killed. If they used their own feet to gain freedom, and they were labeled a fugitive or runaway slave and by law returned to their slave masters according to the Constitution. It was not until the slaves were emancipated that they were symbolically recognized as free people. Remember, remember now the word symbolically is used and recognized as a free people. 
which I will get into that and when I'm going talking to that, which will come up in later on later conversations. Um, up to that time, they had no personal freedoms. Now, up until that time, remember, now we had no the, the, the slaves had no personal freedoms, which were guaranteed to U.S. citizens by the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments ratified in 1791. After the Emancipation Proclamation, the hands and the feet of the slaves were removed from the shackles and they were allowed the use of the appendicular skeletons. They were now emancipated slaves, but their minds had been made over as property of the master. Let us check. Let us just verify the statement. The emancipated slaves were allowed the use of the appendicular skeleton. Skeleton of the bodies. The appendicular skeleton consists of the upper and lower extremities of the body. The upper extremities, hands and arms, um, have, you know, what is it, 64 bones. And the lower extremities, legs and feet, have 62 bones. So the appendicular skeleton has a total of 126 bones. 64 plus 62 equals 126. Now, the question to you is, isn't it interesting that the total number of the bones in the appendicular skeleton yields the numerical sequence? Now listen to what I say. It, it, it yields the numerical sequence of 1, 2, and 6. The 1, the 2, and the 6 sequence has appeared, you know, has appeared um, on our Constitution. So remember, we got one vertebrae column. We have one vertebrae column. 26 bones. We have one vertebrae column and 26 bones. We have one constitution with 26 amendments. Then you have Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Remember, this is why I'm saying while we're dealing with the politics itself, uh, uh, this podcast and what we're talking about, the politics itself and how it correlates to a lot of the things, which again, I say it'll go on later on. You know, right now I'm just trying to get through it. I know there's going to be some, there's going to be a whole lot of naysayers out here because they're not trying to hear this information. At least this would be a start for you to start looking into something. Even if it is to question what I'm saying, it'll start you to start looking in and to take notice to certain things in the setup of, uh, to the setup of, of our conditions today. You know, earlier as stated that Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it referred to partners who attempted the making of a man in their image and likeness. We further show how these partners were the framers of the U.S. Constitution, who conceptually made a freethist man not for rule or dominion, but for servitude and slavery. Therefore, when the emancipated slaves were allowed the use of the, of the, of the 126 bones of the, appendi- of the appendicular skeleton, they were no longer physical slaves, but they were mental slaves. They used their upper and lower extremities to serve the needs of the slave masters, but not to serve their own needs. They served as sharecroppers, worked the land of the land, worked the land of the former slave masters, supposedly received a share of the crops as wages. Now again, we, I'm going to go into this later on, later on, but this again, this is my opening up in the podcast. And trust me, it'll get, it'll, I'll go in a little later on. Most often, the emancipated slaves never received wages for their work, but only accrued large debts as an indentured serv- as indentured servants, according to the landowners. Um, and this is true. A lot of times, you know, the slaves or the, the former slaves didn't get, you know, they didn't get none of the share. You know, it was a way to, to say, well, you know. You would did all you would do all of this such and such sort of way. We had to give you something to drink or you know, fed you. And uh, an example of this is like in New York, Arabs would um you know, Arabs would hire cats in the hood or you know, sometimes these cats do do number drink beer all day or whatever have you. Or some of them just went in there and worked, you know, from the time the store opened to the time the damn store closed. And if they got a sub or, you know, beer and this and this and that or certain things that they did, they would take that off their wages. You see what I'm saying? 
So therefore, he's not getting his. He's not gonna get his dollar amount. They we we take we're taking that back. Or sometimes they would pay them in beer, alcohol, or sometimes some food or whatever. This is your payment for the day, and here's fifty bucks after you done did 13, 15 hours of work for these cats. Uh, but that again, it'd be another story, and we'll go in on that. The emancipated, the emancipated slaves did not use their upper and lower extremities to cultivate their own crops and become independent property owners, but instead used their upper and lower extremities to secure and guard the master's property as sharecroppers. Again, this shows that the emancipated slaves used that used the 100, 126 bones of the appendicular skeleton to reflect an image of a made man that of a servitude slave bound to another by mental and or physical restrictions. The difference between the number of bones in the upper extremities, 64 bones, and the lower extremities, the 62 is a variable of, of 2. 64 minus 62 equals 2. You get it? It's a variable of 2 because 60, you know what I mean? 62 plus 2 would be 64. So anyway, the variable of the 2 and the 2 between the upper extremities the northern region and the lower extremities, which is the southern region, leads us to the deeper wisdom about the acceptance of the Emancipation Proclamation. In looking at the dates of the adoption of the Constitution in 1789 and the ratification of the Bill of Rights in 1791, again we find the variable of two. One, the number 74 is added to these two dates, 1789 and 1791, we discover exciting results. That 1863 and 1865, it reveals the dates in which the northern states, the upper extremities, and the last of the southern states, lower extremities, the so-called, uh, they so-called freed their slaves. <clears throat> this variable of two appears again when we study the dates that the northern and southern states actually adapted the emancipation off their slaves. That's powerful, people and sister, uh, brothers and sisters. Y'all, you have to wake up to understand. You know, you know what we want to do. We want to change all this so-called hate and all of this. We have to understand how certain systems have been devised and set up. And again, we're we're gonna go through all of that, all the way through this the slave code acts. How when I bring out the slave code, the black code, or the slave, you know, the black codes acts. Uh, certain laws that was done back then, they still exist to this day, and I'm gonna go in on that right now. I don't want to, I don't even want to bring that out right now, but I'm gonna bring that in, and in, 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 in hopefully in the next episode. You know. So we have 1789 plus 74. 1789 plus 74. It equals 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation, we got 1791 plus 74 equals 1865. Juneteenth, 6th, 19th, 1865. Last Southern adoption. That's the last Southern adoption, which was in Texas. So as we have stated earlier, the number 74 in the axle skeleton and the 74-year period between the constitutional adoption and the issuance of the Emancipation Proclamation is very important. We are saying that the non-function of the hands and feet in the actual skeleton of the 74 bones can correspond to the shackling of the hands and feet of the slaves for either or both of the 74-year periods listed above. After the emancipation, the slaves were broken and trained into a worker mentality, obedient to the rules and instructions of others. Also, after the emancipation proclamation, the former slaves secured and guarded the master mentality and physically and physically. While in the image, they appeared to be free thinking and free acting people. Now, I say that, you know, this is what we have today. You know, this is what has now what was applied through slavery. And I have said this back when talking 20 years when I used to have building sessions with my brothers, even sisters to understand like what has happened now has been placed on the so-called Caucasian. The same practices through slavery that was done to us has now been operated into the to the so-called working class system where y'all are slaves and y'all don't even realize it. Y'all just think it's, you know, patriotic to go to work and you pay your taxes but without realizing no, y'all just y'all are just being turned into damn slaves. You know, the process without the goddamn excuse me language, without the physical part of it. So to say today a more sophisticated emancipation can take place within a shorter span of time. See what I'm saying? Did I just say that? Less than 74 years, the Emancipation Proclamation symbolically included the slaves in the American system of government. 
During the emancipation to make over as property, the mind, the former slaves were guaranteed certain rights through the primary tools of emancipation, which are fear, illiteracy, and conditioned response. They were psychologically kept from those rights, just as the slaves were emancipated through the process of war, the Civil War. Today, refugees from other countries are emancipated through the same process of war, the foreign war. In their countries, those persons are living through the traumatic experience of war under adverse living conditions and in a constant state of fear. So they yearn for a change in their lives physically and economically. The United States offered them physical and economic freedom in exchange for their labor. Businesses and special skills, thus sophisticated techniques of emancipation, making over the mind as property and as as used. Um, I'm going to have to rise up because, you know, my segments are only 60 minutes. Um, I wish I could go in and I would, probably would go in a little longer. But I'm going to give you a side note real quick so you can understand a little bit more. In the ceremonial process of becoming a U.S. citizen, they must pledge their allegiance to the United States. The root of the word allegiance contains the Latin word uh, contains the Latin words ad and legare. Legare. The word legare means to bind. Bind has a number of meanings relating to the emancipation, making over the mind as property. Some of the meanings are as follows: to uh, to tie together. To hold, to make prisoner, make fast or tight as with a rope or band, to tighten, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to tighten or the bowels or to constipate. So, you know, as I stated, you know, these are the things and the basis on how they use. I'm going to have to leave off and I may continue on, you know, if, um, to go into the part two, the continuation of this, because right now it's a lot to go into. And like I said, I've only covered just a span of, of it within a, with a, with a half hour period, uh, with an hour period. So I only, like I said, right now, I only have, uh, about three minutes to close out, to close up, you know, this part of uh, the talk. And you know, uh, just the little the, the, the little pause that I have is really quiet because you know, brothers and sisters, and a lot of people, you know, they're 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 asleep, and we need to be awake because I don't know, you know, some of y'all may know this information, and some who don't. This is for those who don't know the information, and also for those who have a who've had a feeling of something of how this works or the system work or how this constitution or how they have set up this um this type of type of uh slavery mental slavery now we have to go back and deal with the the process of slavery and what it was what how and what it did and how it did to to be done against us for that you can see how it how it's working on us today and we're in, we're giving our children the same to do the same and, you know, it's just very deep, brothers and sisters, and not really deep. It's just take for those who do come awake and start coming aware and, and, and just know the roots and what our government is doing. You know, um, with that, I said, you know, this is my first actually full podcast episode. Uh, and I'm um, just finally getting a. 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 Uh, feel of how how these podcasts work and how to do them and air them and you know have you so right now I just hopefully you know pray that you know that this that this serves some you know if it reaches one or two of you out of a hundred it's is that's all I need that's all I'm concerned about that it wakes you up and makes you to start doing you know research and studying on your know on your own and we can start you know dealing with these crooked politicians and 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 really make life a whole lot better and we got to understand why we have so much prejudice or hateful prejudice so that we can start to learn to love you know what i mean and the more, more important i want to say to my brothers and sisters is that we got to have self-love when we start to love ourselves you know what i mean we have to start loving ourselves first and then we'll start to love everybody else around us which we kind of already do that anyway 
So with that and said, you know, I hope y'all enjoyed this little, you know, episode of the Truth Cry Out Radio. Uh, I'm going to keep, like I said, I'm going to start, you know, getting in more and start starting to get more of these episodes out and start trying to spread and share the truth uh, as best as I can. Um, like I said, you know, for the naysayers, you know, you're more than welcome to go ahead and try to debate what's going on but you can't you can't do that with somebody or those who experience so with that i say love peace and happiness